Hello and welcome to the Wanderings Podcast, a photographer's exploration of art, science and world culture. I am your host, Pedro Bonato, a fine art and advertising photographer based in Toronto, Canada. In this show, I talk to artists, designers, scientists, filmmakers, authors, entrepreneurs, people who are creating inspiring work in a variety of fields. I have been working as a professional photographer and as a musician for a few years, and I am often inspired by history, science, mythology, and popular culture in the photographs that I create. In this podcast, I try to go a little bit deeper in the stories that inspire me, and I hope will inspire you too. After a long, long break, I'm back to podcasting. I have a great lineup of guests coming up, and I'm very excited to resume this project. In today's episode, I talked to one of my favorite artists, Alice Zilberberg, about digital painting and fine art photography. We talked about her intricate creative process, the business side of an artist's life, and how she creates images inspired by nature, female forms, and deep personal experiences. I really, really love her work, and I invite you to listen to this interview and check out her amazing images online. It's really stunning. So, I'm back, and without further ado, here is my conversation with Alice Zilberberg. Alice, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, we've been um, we've been well, we've been talking for like uh, like uh, like a couple of, like uh, this has minutes. already been a podcast. I know, I know. Yeah, like, but um, I decided no, let's let's do it properly. Let's uh, let's begin. We started talking like behind the scenes before, just about where we are both in our current artistic careers, right? It's like what our struggles or like our next projects and uh, our things. So, well, we will basically we'll do that now. With the the mic on, basically. Okay, is it on now? Yeah, yeah it is. It's been it's on. It's been on. It's been on. Time. Yeah, it's been on the whole time. Yeah, yeah. You but, got me. <laughs> but um, no, it's just a it's a good conversation. So uh, I'm very happy to to get you and to to talk about all your beautiful art. Thank you. Yeah, and um, so like right off the bat, like we we're gonna get into like your history and everything, but you were mentioning before we like officially started recording how you started like co like a company you're trying to do this trying to do that and the importance of like focusing in one thing on your uh, art so yeah i mean because i've always done art i started painting when i was six or something and then i did photography and i discovered kind of like this whole style and i've always done art and in terms of the business of it I've always kind of thought that, yeah, yeah, I'll be an artist, but I, I always felt like I needed to do something else to supplement my income. But I realize now that that is not the case. Mm -hmm. Um, and about, uh, eight months ago, I came back from India and I realized that nothing's ever going to happen with this art thing on a serious level if I don't start treating it like a full time job. And that's what I'm doing now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like uh, I decided to 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 get you in the podcast because uh, I found, as most things in life these days, you find on Instagram. So I remember finding your uh, your art was like recommended the, for whatever reason on Discovery. It's like, oh, like this girl does like amazing, like uh, amazing stuff. That is, it's funny because it's very different than what I do, but it's very inspiring in terms of like subject matter and all this stuff then i said oh let's get together you were like at a certain That's cool. point what's what i'm i'm really curious so what's inspiring about it for you oh so uh, for me 
You see, you're a great interviewer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah the, the, well, for this me, this is an interview. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're like, oh, this is this is how this is gonna work. I'm gonna ask the questions. Who's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this Pedro guy? And what does he want to know? Yeah. So, like, what I remember because so what where did you grow up? <laughs> <laughs> so in the beginning, yeah. But like, what I found interesting is that I'm interested in like creating worlds, right? Like in my case, I like to, to get more inspired by history and mythology. And I was trying to get what photographer Chase Jarvis says, the delta between the idea you have in your mind and the actual execution, right? Okay. So meaning, uh, oh, I have this idea of where I want to get, but my skill set is either somewhere else or somewhere below where your mind can take you. And then I started like looking into photographers that are doing like interesting things in the areas that I want, specifically in your case, was the use of uh, compositing that I thought was really cool. And uh, like the subject matter, like strong women, or even when it's strong, it's in the sense of like displaying um, delicate elements, but still with the, you could say like the strength of vulnerability. That's how I saw the stuff that you were doing. Right. Because it's, it's even though they're new, they're not sexual, they're sculptural, they're... Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. And then that's one of the things that I, that I was like uh, inspired by, by what you were doing. And, and also like your technique in terms of blending things that are like real and like fantasy at the same time. So it's in between. Right. That's how I saw it when I saw it. It's like, oh, yeah. cool. So she's doing things that are not realistic, but not complete fantasy. And they're like mixed yeah, together. Yeah, I think that that's what I liked about this the most. Because I, when I used to paint, and this was a long time ago, but I did start with painting. And then in high school, I did the photography course in high school. And I started playing around um, in Photoshop before I did photography. Oh. And then I realized that I can just do this style that's like this kind of surreal. And I've always liked surreal imagery. So once I started doing that... Um, it was just a combination of me really liking it and other people encouraging it and saying, wow, like you're really good at that. Like you should continue doing that. So I've just done that since. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like it still. <laughs> no, that's cool. So, so that's kind of, kind of like decided to, to do that, focus on that. And that's, that's, that's how I developed my style in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of, um, I think it's um, gotten less kind of, or less obviously composited. It's cleaner now, which mm -hmm. I, I, I think, um, I like yep. more. Um, just my my recent work is more just seamless and um, just very clean, but it still has even even more compositing than than before. Oh, the yeah. stuff that I was doing before that maybe is more obvious compositing because because um, the stuff that um, that I started with has kind of all the, these layers that were put kind of roughly and also put a lot of like Photoshop brushes on it that were dark and stuff. So now it's stuff is more bright and just cleaned up really, really well. And I spent probably more time on it, but it's simpler. Right. Yeah. And, the, and that's the one of the things that I liked was like the the complexity of simplicity, although that's a very way like pompous way of saying it. But my idea was like, oh, like I know, like as a photographer, I know that there's so much that goes like into creating that the seamlessness like that, that you're talking about. And uh, at the same time, it's not for the um, virtuoso of aspect of it it's not like to show off that you can do it. it's like you have an idea and you want to create that image and you need those tools and then you go and you do it and it was very cool for me to see it thanks yeah because it always starts with an idea i never go out and shoot just on the street uh yeah 
But um, it is the case that sometimes when I go traveling, I just now I just try to shoot stuff that I know is kind of my might use some at some point. And sometimes I actually go back to that because it's kind of like stock photography for mm-hmm. me. And then I would go, oh, cool. I need a flower now. Oh, I just so happen to have a flower here because I shot it in India or something. Mm-hmm. So in your process, you are like creating a library of uh, like yeah. skies, environments, objects. That I you think that's that's use. kind of at the back. Um, I don't think that's related to like the process of how I work in general, but I do try to just go and and shoot stuff now because I've realized that sometimes because it's all just nothing to me like you know that lamp over there is not interesting to me at all until I really need a lamp just like that (laughs) and then I need to go and find it so so I've realized over the years that I need to maybe just shoot stuff in my style but then I never know if I'm gonna need a lamp really Mm -hmm. I might never need the lamp right but but you have it right but I have it now yeah yeah I have a good backup system for all the stuff (laughs) organizing sometimes I'll forget about the lamp (laughs) right yeah and uh, you use a lot one of the elements uh, we'll have like for the podcast like for people to take a look to go to your uh, to your website uh, and um, and uh, and take a look at all your images but then um, one thing that you use a lot besides like you have a lot of landscapes you have a lot of uh, nude females and you have uh, animals now being put in uh, in photos and you have uh, not at the same time sometimes and you have like <laughs> horns also which is part of your logo right can you tell a little bit about uh, about that all of that stuff which one <laughs> so the, the horns first the horn first oh the horns has just yeah. been a really symbolic thing for me in general because it's well i think just i didn't consciously think about this uh, but now that you ask it's actually a good question because I'm always relating humans to nature. I really, I really like nature and I really like humans. And I think horns, putting horns on a woman, like I've done in some of my images, mm-hmm. is kind of like symbolic of that. So that's why, um, actually in my logo, mm-hmm. if you look closely, it's also a woman. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, like a, it's like a pregnant woman mm. and also horns. Now that I've told you, you'll see it, but you wouldn't uh-huh. see it. Yeah, I, I remember seeing So it's kind of surreal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and it's interesting, like, even from my own, like, interest, whenever I saw that, like, now that I made the, the relationship, but some of the oldest art in the world, like, uh, there is that uh, lion man that uh, it's like was found, it's like 30,000 year old sculpture in Germany, and uh, like the mixing of humans and animals is since cave painting days we've been interested and obsessed with that and it just comes back and in your case in the most advanced kind of art that in in technological terms that exists today and you're using those kinds of elements so that's uh, that's very interesting yeah i think for me because my work has developed when i was a little bit younger i um, took inspiration from mythology and folklore and things mm-hmm. like that um but as I get older, I actually take more inspiration from just personal experiences and just things, relationships, like things that happen to us um, and make work about more kind of the human condition, which also relates to nature. Even though I make, uh, I've been craving actually getting animals into my work for a while. Hmm. Um, and so you have to, even though it's, it's you know, I did this one photo of this bison mm-hmm. um, and this other photo of this deer uh, so far, even though they're just animals in the images, they inevitably are related to humans because I'm a human mm-hmm. <laughs> and I made it. 
and humans are going to be looking at it. Right. So it's, you can't, it's not just about nature. It's always kind of about humans. Because huh. um, we're making art, like we are, <laughs> we're animals that are like make, make art. Right. You know? So. Huh. Yeah, that's uh, that, that I never thought about that because I remember seeing that image on your website and it was like, oh, cool. Like, it's like, it's very powerful. Yeah, and a animals have a really kind of calming effect on us, I feel like. Because whenever you, for me anyway, whenever I look at animals and um, just having even pets around and whatever, we have such like busy lives all the time. Like we're just always thinking about all this stuff that we have to do and we're so stressed out all the time. And animals just have this kind of, so it's like it's like this bison it's like hmm. what like what's he thinking about mm -hmm. it's probably not all this stuff you know yeah. he's probably just trying to like survive oh or yeah he's probably okay, okay with just chilling just chilling and water food um yeah yeah and then uh, just to go back to other things that on or in your uh photography you shoot a lot of um uh like uh, like things that are related like to female like body and figure and uh can you talk a little bit about your uh, your interest in that and your portrayal sure it's always been an interest of mine i think because i am a woman i think it's a self-portrait in some ways um it's inevitably connected to me um and i don't i mean i shoot naked females because mostly because so when you put something on, uh, just any uh, like um, when you put a costume on, mm -hmm. it never really relates to so like some time in history. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so just not doing that, it's it makes it kind of timeless. And I'm always trying to replicate um, like scul a sculptural feeling mm -hmm. and um, to kind of like a timeless feeling. So that's part of the reason for that. Um, and they're more kind of like sensual rather than sexual. That's, yeah. I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a, it's a, it's a great point, and it's um, what what I liked was it, like exactly the way you used it. It's like it's more of a sensual nature, and then sometimes even because of your use of uh, some kinds of effects that are applied to the body, as if you're using the digital painting to sculpt the image even more, and then you don't even feel like oh, it's, it's actually a nude, but it's not. Yeah, uh, it's. Yeah, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, that, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't call them nudes. They're just mm. an element in yeah. the work. Oh, well, for sure. Yeah, that's that's exactly the impression I had. Like I was like, oh, technically this person is nude, but it's not about that. So it's very, <laughs> it's very interesting to, which is a thing like me. Specifically, I haven't like really explored that in a, in a fine art uh, sense because uh, yeah. I haven't had anything to say about that specifically, <laughs> like but for my for for my taste. But I really like the way that you that you incorporate that. Yeah, because there are always culture like that. Um, the one series that I did with this couple, they were mm -hmm. hanging out naked for all, this, all, the, all of the project in the desert with me. Um, but it, it doesn't really feel like they're naked at all. And I'm mm -hmm. just so used to it now that it's just... Oh, yeah. Because I, I, shoot, I shoot new people all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the reason for that because it's, you're kind of saying something if you're using... You're, you put a woman in a dress. Why? Mm-hmm. You know, so if there needs to be a reason for that, for sure, yeah, 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 um, yeah. yeah. Like in my case, I I like to create things that are like inspired by history or like specifically the costumes are for sure an element of the the photo the photographs. But that's why I said like it's so different than what I do. But I really like the way you incorporate. Um, yeah, like I guess I guess what body. I'm trying to say is this: uh, is that whatever you do in the image, there needs to be a reason for so. Um, if there's no reason to have a dress in it, then then don't do that. Um, in yeah. one of my project, the Goddess Almighty project, uh -huh. yes. um, 
um, it's based off of Mother Nature and what she used to mean. And I'm actually replicating Baroque art in that. So right in the style, right? In yeah. the style, um, deliberately. So so that's why that's why they look the way that they look. Uh -huh. And on the um, I was reading on your blog, and then for people to also like you you write you write sometimes about your like your process and uh, the things that inspire you from a more conceptual point of view on uh, on your website. And I remember in the series with your uh, the couple the, your your friends that you did in the desert. It's called Oasis, right? Yeah. The, yeah. So like, can you tell a little bit about that? Uh, it's your latest project, that one, or uh, I know you're always working on different it, things. It's probably the latest complete body of work okay uh -huh. and uh, can you talk a little bit about that project because it's, uh, like, it's very cool yeah it's interesting it was inspired by a breakup um uh and then i went on a trip with my fr my friends my couple who were a couple and then i started realizing all these things about um kind of like um our relationship with um with this guy and how Basically, we're we're kind of like when we're in love, like we're kind of blinded by that, um, which is that's an obvious point, uh, maybe maybe now. Um, but I started kind of realizing like, oh, like things like were really weren't the way that I, I thought that they were, um, and the project kind of became. So and I was and I was looking around in the desert. We were in the desert. We were in uh, California, in uh, Death Valley, and it's really interesting because uh, so I didn't plan to make that project at all. We just went there with this couple. But I started seeing uh, this desert and started seeing all these optical illusions in the desert. Uh, um, like when you look at something from far away, it looks one way and then you get closer and it actually just like a bunch of rocks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and that kind of became a metaphor for the way that we are in the beginning of relationships. Mm. Um, and so it's really funny because all of a sudden, from not having an idea of what to shoot, I had everything that I needed mm -hmm. right there and then in the car for a few days to shoot in the desert. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah, then... so, so it, it, it's kind of interesting because that's the way sometimes like things just work. Um, it's just like you're the way that you're thinking, you don't have an idea, but then just half an idea joins with like some other half an idea and then it's like all of a sudden it all comes together mm -hmm. and you have this perfect kind of very cohesive idea. Mm -hmm. no, that's cool. Yeah. It, uh, the way that I talk about this sometimes, it's like sometimes it takes a long time for things to happen suddenly. So like you don't know what to do, you don't know what to do, suddenly boom, like you just, uh, certain things come together and then you have like what you want to express. That's, uh, that's very cool. So just to go like, now let's go back into like, you were uh, like, tell about you, like your, like your background and your journey until you became like a, like a photographer. You talk a little bit about like the drawing before photography, right? And, um, so you were born in Estonia, right? Yeah. But then you lived in uh, Israel yeah. and then you moved to, to Toronto, right? To, to yeah, Canada. that's right. Yeah. So when I was 11, we moved here, but I, I, I grew up in Israel, mm -hmm. um, which is probably why I'm drawn to deserts and water. Uh -huh. I think I, that's my theory. <laughs> uh -huh. Interesting. Yeah. Because like trees and stuff, like they just don't do it for me for some reason. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I just, um, I really... I really like the clean look of water and deserts because they're really surreal. But I think there's an element of just like wanting to go back to what I'm used to, like when I was a child. Uh huh. 
Oh, that's that's so that's very interesting because uh, <laughs> when I read on your bio that you're from Estonia and I know like that it's like on the border of Finland and then they do they have a lot of uh, especially when you do stuff that is like more ice or like water and things. I was thinking in those like long planes. I, I actually thought you were inspired by let's say Estonian yeah, no, Finnish actually, landscape. So that's interesting that it's like I have I have nothing to do with Estonia really. My my parents mm -hmm. are Russian, um, like on the Russian side of Estonia. So my parents are Russian. They grew up in. Estonia um, when it was the Soviet Union and then we moved to Israel when I was two after the Soviet Union mm -hmm. finito um, mm -hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and yeah so so that's yeah no, it's, that, that's very cool and then now, now it makes sense like having uh, uh, lived in uh, in Israel in this uh, relationship with like deserts and water so it, it's very cool so you did that and then you came here and when did like actually like photography get into your your life it, became it was kind of a process in the end of high school mm -hmm. um i even was applying to university when i was applying to university i was applying for art um like fine art programs um and i went to ryerson i actually got in to a different program but in the first week i realized that i wanted to do the photography program because it's more makes sense with kind of like my style and what i do and what i want to do so mm -hmm. um so it was, yeah it was the end of high school like i um, I took this photography course and I was doing, is that what you're realizing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So basically what had happened was, so I was drawing and painting, um, and then at the end of high school, I picked up photography, but I was playing around in the computer before I did that. And then I saw that I kind of really loved this style of kind of surreal, but real, but unreal. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I didn't. I don't. I don't really like like to call it photography. I know. Mm -hmm. um, I actually call them digital paintings now. I'm mm -hmm. uncomfortable saying that I'm a photographer. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, that's cool. And yeah, like um, I find uh, very interesting. Like especially like some people I had like a more background in before, like a long time ago, like in more photojournalistic stuff. But I was really not interested in that. I wanted to create my own my own little worlds even though yeah. they were like realistic in a sense but they were still like of course it's not real so that's one of the advantages of uh, quote-unquote photography that uh, that people sometimes uh, want to say that photography is about documenting things but it, it's an yeah, art that, that's kind of why i changed around the wording and my branding recently because i realized over the years that taking out the word photoshop and taking out the word photography <laughs> is probably a great idea um, because I'm just, I'm an artist, so mm -hmm. I could be even doing other mediums. So saying that I'm a photographer is really degrading the work because, um, the connotation with photography is that you go and you, oh, you snap a photo. Like that's what you do. Like, right. Snap. If you got, that's it. You snapped yeah. it though. There it's, you do some stuff to it and it's done. Right. And in my case, it's just so far from that. Like I do, I take a bunch of photos, I put them together. It takes me maybe like a month or two to of work to edit one photo sometimes of just, you know, like working on it really, really hard. Um, and then at the end, what I have is just so, how can I call that photography? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and the, it's interesting that you say that, but at the same time, like, 
I was looking at these photos from uh, basically beginning of photography, 1870, and they were, I don't know if you saw, I mean, you probably saw this like in, uh, in university, but they had these uh, seances like in, in England, like uh, trying to contact spirits and things. Okay. And then what they did, it's basically, a, it, I mean, it was a more crude pro process than going to Photoshop and spending hours on it, but they would put as if it was like ghosts or like other people that were in the room, but you couldn't see. So like even in the beginning, I, what I find is like sometimes there's like a misconception of what photography is for, from a general public and from a media point of view, because they've been doing imagined landscapes and fantasy from the beginning of photography like i actually have one that is like a photo that is like it's one guy and they're like doing this um, trying to contact spirits and uh, they have the image of the woman and they they were not even necessarily trying to pass as a real thing but i mean I'm sure that they wanted to people to imagine that it was real, but that's the play with uh, photography of like, how do you create a world that is, uh, of course, not real in the real sense, but sometimes hyper real, right? Because it's what you have inside yourself. Yeah, it's not really about taking a photo for me. It's not about photography itself. It's about creating an image. Mm -hmm. So whatever image I want to create, I'm going to use the tools whatever to whatever they are to create them mm -hmm. so in this case it just happens to be photography plus all this other right. stuff and um you know because i do a lot of stuff to it i stitch it together and i, I physically paint in photoshop um, um digital t stuff you yeah. know so for the people that are not uh because on the audience there will be people that are very like versed in photography because if they they found me this they, they found my photography so they'll know some about that but can you tell a little bit about what you do in terms of like your digital painting like from not to do like a whole and uh, there is hours and hours and hours you can talk about this but like for a, let's say a lay audience to see the difference between snapping a photo and then seeing all the work that goes into your work how do you walk us through your process like uh, sure. from capturing all these images sticking, stitching them together process so the process doesn't start with taking a photo process starts with the idea um, and I really want to emphasize that because yeah, there could be months and months of research before I start working on a body of work. And I never really know what it's going to be until I just have a bunch of ideas floating around at all, all times and stuff that I want to try out conceptually, but also just aesthetically. And at some point, something will just connect to, you know, one another. And then, um, and yeah, I would usually, I mean, it really depends on what the project needs. So there isn't kind of um, it's like, this is what I do. This is how it always works. Um, but it's a common thing that would happen is that I would want to shoot the, uh, backgrounds, um, and the models separately. And then I put them together uh, and then I do, uh, depending on, depending on what I'm, what the project is, I do some test shoots, mm -hmm. um, to see whether this idea is actually going to work. And then I do actual shoots. So I do shoots with the model, um, sometimes in the studio, a lot of times in a studio and then I go for my backgrounds. I really picky about my backgrounds. Um, and I lately just over the past couple of years, I really like deserts and, and water and things mm -hmm. like that. So I sometimes travel really far away to get those things. Mm -hmm. Um, or I either like, sometimes I shoot the model there as well. Mm -hmm. Really, it just really depends on the idea. Mm -hmm. Um, so once I have all the elements, whatever they might be, um, I put them together in Photoshop along with like coloring and toning and 
So that's why it's like a mix of uh, I'm, I'm I'm asking that just so that people can understand like the the process. So you have all these different images that you shot sometimes across different continents, and then you put them together in one place, and then you start the process of blending them together to give the specific aesthetic and look and color of what yeah, you want. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I do a lot of dodging and burning, um, mm-hmm. and that could take a lot of time and just physical, like just painting with the brush. Mm-hmm. Uh, top of the photos and then i would make the i would just be like okay it's finished now i actually like to put it away for a month or two mm-hmm. um and try really hard not to look at it mm-hmm. um and then i look at it with a fresh eye before i finalize it mm-hmm. but then it's, it's like never actually finalized because mm-hmm. i can i can mm-hmm. look at it two years later and oh, man how did i miss like that thing right because mm-hmm. right now all the re- my recent work is all kind of like oh yeah this is perfect no i got it like it's uh-huh. good but maybe you know five years from now i'll look at because the, the work that i did five years ago i look at it and i want to change it Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I think I just gotta keep worried. But yeah, sometimes I'm, I'm jealous of you know uh, other photographers that they can they have a kind of a, a quicker process. They can produce just so much more work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's okay. I'm, I'm okay with. with yeah, it, it takes what it takes, right? Yeah. Like I, I remember when I started doing like uh, shoots, I would especially when I was learning how to light things. It took me so long to 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 like prepare everything, and then I would shoot I don't know like uh, six hundred images, and then I had a lot of like even though it was like a created world, it was like I would shoot from all these different angles, and I had ideas of different comp- like compositions. And uh, lately, it's been much more minimalistic. Sometimes the setup takes two hours, but the shoot itself, because I have one idea in mind of an image, it takes five minutes. Okay, the uh, the the model, the subject gave me what I wanted in terms of uh, posing mood and everything okay I got it it's sort of like huh like uh, yeah it's funny hmm. things usually get simplified in my work the initial idea will usually be a lot more complicated it's like oh there's a giraffe and there's gonna be a tree coming out of the giraffe mm-hmm. or something and then it turns out that you just don't need the tree mm-hmm. you just need the giraffe um, mm-hmm. at the end whatever stupid example giraffe <laughs> <laughs> in the tree <laughs> that's the name of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, but that's that's interesting. This process of like, in one way, it's simplification. In the other way, it's like the complexity behind this, the, the simplicity. Right? Yeah, like I said, we're, how we were talking before. Actually, my work now takes a lot longer than the work that I did when I was younger because I, I just put so much more into cleaning it up and doing all this stuff and just and I always I'm always learning new techniques too of what to do with it and Photoshop and. Mm-hmm. So I get new ideas of how what it's actually going to look like. So you create the image, and then can you talk a little bit about the process of how how you decide the the printing aspect of it? Because that's yeah. uh, um, an important thing, in, like digital art in general. It's like the choice of like uh, people will not necessarily know about this, but there is so many different kinds of like archival quality uh, papers that will last for like 200 years in case of photography or supposedly. Yeah, there's so many choices. It can get kind of overwhelming. For me, I just choose two sizes um, and I like to keep the image in general at a 10 10 edition cap, Mm -hmm. more than 10 or 15. So... The size, how I decide the size is just, um, I look at the image and I decide what's best for the image. 
Oh, okay. So you so don't I, have a, like a preset of what sizes. It depends on the image. Yeah, really, really yeah. depends on the project. Every project is super different. So if it's you know landscapes, they'll probably be bigger. If it's portraits, they'll probably be smaller. Of whatever I think that you know they should be. Like that's the that I think about how the work needs to be seen. So it's again going back to the work, not necessarily. I don't know. The you know bigger images are better or something. Mm -hmm. um, there's no, yeah, it, it just always depends on the project. Uh -huh. No, no, that, that, that makes sense. And because, uh, yeah, some of um, the images that uh, that I've seen uh, or, or like of your work, like sometimes, and especially if you're like in a, like if a collector wants to buy and put it in their house, doesn't mean that they will have a like five by eight feet like wall to put something, right? So sometimes it will make sense to, to be like a, a smaller image, which is why I imagine you'd have two different sizes for... Yeah, I usually do something like a, 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 a large. Now I do just a large and an extra large oh, <laughs> most okay. of the time. I am mm -hmm. uh, trying to appeal to more high-end art collectors as opposed to getting kind of small, small prints to the, the you know, work that everyone can have and trying to sell a whole bunch of prints for a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think my work is just, um, it's not because that that's what I want, but just, that's what the work is catered towards because mm -hmm. it's very, it's complex. It's for people who want to look at it and think of ideas there. It's, it's very intellectual. So it's not, it's sort of, it's very, very different than some other kind of work. That's like just art for everyone. That's just like, mm -hmm. you know, um, so my art is, I think cater more towards that. So that's why I just do a very limited um, edition. And I'm also actually exploring just like uh, another way to present the print itself. Because um, again, going back to the photography, prints are associated with photography. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about how to... Mm. But like in terms of like um, you have... Um like a company that you go to that you like the way that they print and then you oversee the, the process and then you choose the paper and the inks and everything. Yeah, like I choose I choose the paper based on, again, the work. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's a theme here. Um, uh, the, yeah, it's like, it's a little bit glossier if it's, um, if it's more colorful. Mm -hmm. But there are, you know, Hem and Mule, mm -hmm. Hem and Mule prints and uh, Burrita papers are... Um, are pretty much like a go-to for a lot of the stuff. Um, and I hand sign all my prints. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, interesting that you, that, that, that you mentioned that, like even the choice of like the paper and the process of like putting it into the quote unquote real world, like it's part of your, of your process. So that's, uh, that's very, and it depends on photos. Some, some, uh, fine art photographers, they stick to specific sizes and specific, uh, like papers and they always use the same, but you are like going, uh, like more creative even with the choice of uh yeah even though it would be benef maybe beneficial for some um artists to just kind of be consistent i have to think always about the the work so just mm -hmm. whatever but i mean if someone asks me to do a specific size that i don't have in my edition i will consider it <laughs> mm -hmm. of course yeah yeah no that's cool yeah and um but usually i don't really find that, that that's a problem because people go to art fairs and they just look at what they i mean they see what they they see what they see you know what i mean mm -hmm. <laughs> and then they they buy it if they like it right so it's yeah it comes down to kind of making the choice and just um, sticking with it although that can be hard i always change my mind Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh no it needs to be five inches bigger or something mm -hmm. yeah. and how do you like do you 
test it out in, on your process in terms of sizes because that's one of the things that that's I guess it's a more selfish question because uh, I'm always thinking like huh how you, I sort of have to see before uh, like how like in terms of sizing how big it's it should be so do you test it out like do you print in black and white to see uh, like uh, or like in a inexpensive like things just to see how it looks on a wall or uh, like oh, what's your process for choosing the yeah, sizes yeah I have a very complicated process I take uh, measuring tape and I just kind of put it on the wall and see what works. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. um, and I just, I can kind of eye it out. I mean, maybe it's because I've just printed so many that I know kind of what a 30 by 40 looks like. Yeah. And I can compare it to work in my living room and I just look at my own couch and... Oh, okay. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I was thinking more in terms of like, not necessarily the sizing, but more like how that image specifically will look on different, um, with different sizes. Like, for example, if it's um, that uh, one of my favorites from you that I will put the link on the, on the show notes at Begin. That, uh, that, that, oh, uh, right. mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, for that one, I was thinking, oh, that one will look very interesting, like probably like on a, on a, like on a large, like scale, or it actually works as a small. Yeah. Thing, that so. one would work for in both. Yeah. Both cases. Um, that one I actually have three sizes for. Oh, okay. Cool. I have a kind of a smaller, which I don't like to have very often, but that one, yes, it's okay. Um, and then a medium, a 30 by 30, and then a 60 by 60. And I guess what, what was your question? No, it was more about like how, your cho how do you choose the, the sizes for like yeah, a specific, I guess, I guess specific it's, it's kind of intuitive, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I don't have a um, kind of a, a formula. A formula. Sort of like, yes, this needs to obviously needs to be this big. It's, I think this is what it is. It's just because uh, I've sold work before. I've sold a lot of work before and I know what like what looks good and what people will buy and uh -huh. I, just, I know that this kind of work will sell better and like medium or whatever and this kind of size you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah no that makes sense that makes sense and that's like uh, so I try, I try to guess it it's all just a big guess mm -hmm. um because i when i print it out and take it to a show i i don't have a buyer yet like i don't know what they're gonna want so you know yeah and that that takes me to the the next um aspect that is interesting for people to see what's the life of um of uh, like an artist especially like a digital artist that creates uh limited edition uh like uh images what's the let's talk a little bit about the business side of your uh of your work like do you take it to <laughs> do you take it to like to to art fairs or like you go and you contact galleries how how is the process like the business part of because usually people think oh we are all traveling and having fun yeah yeah because yeah. it makes yeah because i think the internet makes me look a lot you know free-spirited a lot more free-spirited than i actually am i get facebook messages saying oh wow like you travel all the time it's like no, I just, you know, that was like a two week thing. <laughs> That's yeah. all you see. Um, yeah, the business part of it is, I want to say at least 50% of, of what I do. Um, you know, it's, it's all the business part of it could be, could be a full time job for, for someone to do. I do a lot of stuff. Uh, I get my work just, uh, into galleries. I do a lot of art fairs. Uh, I try to, I try to get my work mostly just into art fairs and trying to get more after I finish these two projects that I have now, I'm going to do a big marketing push with some more international galleries, but I'm just laying off that now, uh, just to get more stuff. And then, um, just a lot of, uh, 
a lot of just promotional stuff. I get my work into auctions. Auctions are really good、mm. because、um, even if you have to donate a piece, someone might buy it there, but someone who lost the auction will probably contact you and purchase the piece from you.、Mm. And they're usually advertised really well. So auctions are really good. And then you have like yeah, I know that you like exhibiting galleries, and、uh, you go into like competitions. And, uh, oh and yeah,、like、I submit to a, a comp- like a lot of competitions.、Uh, actually, last night I found out that I won seven competitions. Oh wow! Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so that was really nice.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, competitions are good because you know just well online you just. Online marketing is something that I've learned a lot about over the past year and a half, and it's just about making as much noise as you possibly can because、mm-hmm. it's a very you know saturated place,、um, and it's just about posting your work、um, wherever you can in your niche. That's actually a good point because so what I do is a very it's a very like it's a very niche market.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean?、Mm-hmm. So I have to find out. Where the people who want to buy this work are, where、mm-hmm. do they go, and how can I get the work to them? And that's 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 a process. Yeah.、Um, and even though I'm posting, you know, work on Instagram, I have to, I still have to think about that, and I still have to get featured on accounts that、people、feature feature feature、yeah. art, feature、uh, high end art, as opposed to、um, getting my work featured in kind of manipulation accounts because、right. that might be nice. People might look at that, but that. Isn't my target market? Yeah, that would be photographers that want to learn to do so, what you do. Exactly. So you you kind of、um, have to focus on where your target mark, who is your target market, and making making content for for them. Like first, you have to outline the goal that you have as an artist. So if you want, so for me, I want to appeal to high end art collectors,、um, which means that I do need to actually get into galleries because those kinds of people go to galleries to buy artwork.、Um, yeah. But if I was just interested in selling prints and having kind of a small business, and I don't want to give fifty percent to someone, and I'm not really interested in. Giving my work growing in price,、um, I can just sell directly to consumer. I can do you know these art fairs in Toronto、mm-hmm. um, and just have my own、um, collectors, which I do have. I have collectors here,、um, but in order to get for me like more of an international audience within you know sort of like these these kinds of art collectors, I do have to get galleries and I have to. You know, art fairs are always good. The big art fairs that galleries get into, because、mm-hmm. there are different kinds of art fairs too, right? Right. Yeah. Because、yeah. you can do art art fairs that are you know that are like the Toronto、um, Nathan Phillips Square Show that、mm-hmm. is just like booths, and th- that's a very different one than yeah, like、uh, uh, art Toronto that's happening、yeah. this week.、Um, so that's all I want to say. Because it's really, because really, what I'm trying to say is that it's you have to think about your vision as an artist、mm-hmm. first before you kind of do this like business plan is really what you're doing to、right. get there. Yeah,、um, yeah. It's interesting that, that you mentioned that because、uh, on my own work is where I am. Like in terms of like fine artists, I I am torn between the two ideas because like between going to a What what you're doing, which is like a more high end clientele that appreciates art and wants to have that as like inspiration for their work, and the people that may really like art, but they will not necessarily have the the funds to to buy art. There、so. there is an in between. There are、um, actually a lot of the collectors that I have right now are people from the. Uh, artist project that is、mm-hmm. uh, kind of a higher end.、Um, it's a really unique kind of art fair for artists.
uh, but it doesn't look like a flea market. Um, mm-hmm. So those the people that go there actually are they know that they're getting artwork directly from the artist, but they're okay getting work that is just a little bit higher in price. Mm-hmm. So you can you can get a mix. Like some of those people do go to galleries and they go to those kinds of art shows, and they don't. They some of them I just sold a piece to a guy and I was talking to him, and I understood from him that he really just wants original artwork on his wall. He doesn't want to go to IKEA, mm-hmm. um, but he has. So he he can spend the money, but he doesn't necessarily need to get something like super pretentious that someone else needs to tell him that this right. is like a good piece of art. Yeah, and but I, I'm fascinated about that uh, that element of it because uh, like it's so interesting to as an artist also like you want to choose which art you put like into your your house and how or, or like or your whatever space you were you know, if you buy art it's sort of like you get a piece of that artist into your house right so at least that's how i i think of it it's mm-hmm. like you invite it's like a portal like that's sort of like <laughs> how it, yeah it's like how i feel about like uh, having like certain kinds of artworks uh, in the house but and then there is always that um dichotomy between making it super exclusive which as an artist, as any kind of business, you can have the $5 watch and the $5 million watch, right? So there is like that exclusivity element of it. And there is the popularization element of it. And they are totally different beasts and uh, both valid. And as you said, there is like every step in between. But as an artist, it's always um, an interesting problem to to think about. Like, uh, I know some photographers that they have the high end, uh, like, uh, like fine art print that is like super like, like, like what you do that is like 10 to 15, uh, um, like uh, edition, like edition 10, 15. And then they have unlimited like posters for that same uh, art. So I was always like thinking more from That's a conceptual kind of, point kind of, of view. a weird thing to do. I'm actually really, um, I, when I went to New York last year, I saw that a lot of uh, photographers are doing this thing where they're calling they're basically doing a kind of a one big piece that's like this is the they're calling that one the original mm-hmm. but then they also have it would would have it as like a 11 by 14 size that's like like these are the smaller um the smaller edition just like and it would they would sell that for 100 bucks and the argument is is that the high-end art collectors are not actually interested those those 11 by 14s are not collectibles to them um Mm. they would only care about the big pieces which i find really interesting um there are different ways to think about it i don't like that personally because it's but it's the same piece that you're printing smaller at 100 so there's no so you don't have 10 of these, you have 110 of these because you have this other right. entity uh, going going over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is an opinion that I got from a few people in New York. I, it's kind of a popular thing to do right now. Um, I, I think ultimately it, you have to make your, uh, the judgment as an artist because um, people have asked me to do kind of smaller prints, for example, for Oasis, that series, mm-hmm. 11 by 14s, th- that, that would ruin the work. I mean, mm-hmm. it would just not look good at 11 by 14. I mean, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't like that personally. So um, I think it, I think here's the thing. It's like, I think there's no rules about all of this because you, it's your art. You can do whatever you want. There's no like, there's no like, yeah. no, this is how you do it. This is how you get to, you know, high end, you know, whatever. It's, um, it's about innovation sometimes, you know, it's you have to kind of decide on what you want to do um, and how you want to do it and just stand your ground of how how you're going to get there. 
to me it's very hard to like to think of uh because you have the like say artistic integrity of what you want to put out in the world and at the same time you're always thinking what the market wants right or which and what the market the market is also an abstraction so because there is like a bunch of different markets for different things and whatever you you end up offering ends up influencing the market as well right so it's always this the um, and you want to live from your art as an artist yeah that's also an element a huge element of it so so if your goal as an artist is to live from that and that's a goal of yours and and if you're able to do that more easily selling directly to collectors at you know art fairs that might not look uh, you know amazing then it, it depends on your priorities just like anything else in life right yeah yeah it's very interesting and it's interesting how it doesn't have uh um rules because it's uh like when you go into commercial work there is like a certain tier of uh, like work you can get depending on where 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 you are in your in your career, but uh, in fine art is sort of like wild west of uh, yeah, it's art. Yeah. So it's just not an element of it. You can just make it up as you as you go. You, there's no. I, I don't. I that's my opinion that there's no rules. Some uh-huh. other people will tell you something else that they're you have to. No, but that, that's a good discussion on the on the business element of it. So uh, thank you for that input. No problem. Cool. Yeah. And then uh, in terms of new work of what, what you're working on now, like, uh, can you tell a little bit about what you're doing? Yes. I'm working on two different art projects right now. One of them is a series of animals that the two animals that I have now are going to be part of. Um, and another one, I can't talk about the other one. Oh, okay. No worries. Um, but it's, it's, very, it's very, <laughs> it's very different. Um, it's going to be really cool. I'm really excited about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the for so the couple of things before we wrap up. But uh, so first, for people that want to follow your work, where should they go? Yeah, they should go to www.alicezilberberg.com. Try spelling that. Um, <laughs> Zilberberg. <laughs> um, actually, you can just spell it the way that it sounds. <laughs> yes, yeah, and we'll have links and show notes and um, your Instagram. Yeah, and I'm, my Instagram is probably where I'm most active, and I also have a Facebook page. I have a Facebook page too. Yeah, I, have so all the, have oh, I have all the pages, but I'm um, most active on Instagram. Yeah, one of the things like we started talking uh, like before we went live on air, um, uh, you were talking about the, um, the advantage of showing like behind the scenes and the process uh, of, uh, of making the, the images because sometimes people seem to be very interested uh, about that. Can you talk a little bit about like what you what you want to do and what you want to 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 create for people in terms of like behind the scenes? What you're interested, passionate about, showcasing about the process of your work? Yeah, I just I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure what else to say. Um, I've realized that behind the scenes stuff is really important. Video content in general is important for everyone right now. Uh, people really like seeing that. Um, so especially me t- in the video talking about the work whether it's mm-hmm. just audio or, you know, or me physically uh, sitting there and talking about it, um, I think it's really important to create. Um, so I'm going to be making behind the scenes videos for all of my projects from now on. And I have before, I do have some, there's a behind the scenes for Oasis and some other single images that were created before, mm-hmm. um, which are arguably easier to make because it's just one following one image. Um, so the behind the scenes for the, projects the uh, bodies of work are going to be a little bit longer mm-hmm. yeah um one thing that I, that, that I forgot to ask that is um of like relevance for people like how 
how do you, because I have a very specific process to choose the models I work with. How do you choose oh. the models you work with? Yeah, that's usually the first question everyone asks me uh-huh. or where I find the models. Yeah. And the answer is that it really depends on the project. I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if um, the project calls for, in my goddess almighty, I needed to work with dancers, but specifically not like ballerinas mm-hmm. um, or something because that would make you look really fashiony. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be it needed to be an art, an art, an art mm-hmm. pro- project. So I picked someone who looked a little bit more normal, but was still a dancer, because they needed to be kind of physically strong, you know, in that project. Um, so I just happened to connect with a friend that I that I knew from like a long time ago. So that I got lucky there. But it really depends. I sometimes I just use Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, Buns has been has been a thing lately. Which one? Buns. It's a no it's just like trading app um, <laughs> that I've been posting actually there. Um, but it's really I have to think about the integrity of the project always. So I never just go oh cool like I like girls with red hair so I'm just gonna do that. Um, this project I'm working on right now that I can't talk about mm-hmm. calls for just regular girls like regular um, single girls. Um, and they just need to be kind of, oh, they need to be in, uh, ages, uh, ages from like 26 to like 39. So that's oh, okay. what I'm looking for now. So I'm mm-hmm. actually looking to like just my friends and friends of friends. And, mm-hmm. um, so really it's, it's whatever the project calls for. Mm-hmm. Cool. No, that's, uh, that's, uh, interesting to see. Like I, I'm always interested in seeing how like fellow photographers, like let, decide to choose their, like the people that go on the, in the photographs, some people just prefer like to have like literally like models. Some people prefer like in my series, sometimes I use like literally dancers that know this or musicians that do that. Like, so it's, uh, it's interesting to that the choice of model in your work is related to the work itself is not, not, not just the body, let's say. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a really actually a really difficult thing because I'm still at the rawness of it. I'm, I'm using photography. Mm-hmm. So I can't, you know, if I was able to just paint someone imaginary, I can do it exactly the way that I staying true to the integrity of a project. But because I'm doing photography, I have to find something really, really specific. So that could take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, cool. Uh, let me see if there's anything else that I wanted to ask. Oh, that uh, that series that you were talking about, uh, the... Um, that I really like the vanishing of Gaia, right? I'll, I'll, again, all the, all this will be like in show notes. Um, can you talk a little bit about like that series specifically? Cause it's one that appeals to me. Like, specifically. you just like that one. It's hmm? so selfish. Hmm? Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that one is inspired by the Greek goddess Gaia, mm-hmm. who was our first, um, mother nature was our first god. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, she basically is appearing in the, um, it's, it's an embodiment of her in the photos and she's kind of disappearing in these photos. Yep. Um, and it's a metaphor for global warming. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what I got. And I mentioned, I, I asked specifically about that just to get to the, the, the other point that I thought was very interesting that what I learned from our conversation today is that because you said you're interested in like sometimes like, uh, like mythology and the folklore in the beginning. And now you're relating more to more personal things, which in a way, like this is just a thought I had now that is those like other, like, let's say timeless stories, they are distillation of the personal things that we all go through right so yeah i think it all ultimately relates relates to things that we all go through i mean the person the 
person buying the piece always relates to it in a personal way. Yeah, yeah. So the, I, I was just wanted to to. It, to it goes back. It goes back and forth. It's like okay, I might have an idea that stems from a personal experience, but then I relate it to some an idea that's that's bigger, right? Than than just me. Yeah. So that's uh, that's basically like one of the things that I that I learned today from the from the podcast. I haven't thought of the the whole like personal to. Let's say, uh, uh, yeah, because art, art is always a self portrait of you in some way. I oh, think. for sure. Yeah, there's a photographer for his name, it's like a French photographer that says that, uh, not, not Brisson, I can't remember who said it, but he says, Oh, in a way, all my photographs are a self portrait. Uh, yeah, 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 I know, I, I know, I, I know. I, I, I will remember. Oh my god, we're so bad. <laughs> it's okay. We know the quote, which is the important thing, and we would attribute it if we knew who it was from. Uh, cool. So, Alice, anything I forgot to... Oh, one thing I forgot to ask you. Um, I saw that you have like necklaces that have your art That's on right. your website. So can you talk a little bit about that uh, like embodiment of your artwork? Uh, sure. I just really wanted to make them. <laughs> uh, I think someone... I can't remember how I got the idea. I just thought that those pieces would look really good as necklaces. Um, and it would be a really cool thing to have at some art shows for some people to get as gifts or just if they don't want like a they don't have space on their walls or they want to get as gifts or whatever for whatever reason they can they can just get those mm-hmm. um people really like them mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's very cool and you designed the like the um, the the, ne- the necklaces themselves or I, you got someone you collaborate with someone what i, I didn't make them myself i just uh, i just picked the elements of it and i got someone to put it together oh okay cool all right yeah. So people can check that out on your website. They're for sale there too. And uh, I thought I was, when I was like, I, I've seen all your images, but then I was not, I didn't know about that part of your, of yours. It's like, oh, cool. I have to ask you about that. And people might, might find it interesting. You have links from show notes. And uh, on that note, Alice, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Wanderings podcast. You can find show notes and links at pedrobonato.com slash podcast. If you like the show, I would love if you could share it with your friends or leave a review on iTunes. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on all social media at pedrobonato. I would love to hear from you. You can find my photography work at pedrobonato.com. The music for the Wanderings podcast is provided by the Blue Dot Ensemble, a music and dance group exploring traditions from all over the planet where I am one of the founders and the lead drummer. You can find us at bluedotensemble.com. So tune in next week for another show. Until then, I urge you to keep following your curiosity and I'm looking forward to our next wanderings together.